Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hope everybody's having a good Monday. Happy spring break for a lot of folks out there. You parents and kids, enjoy your week. It's also that week. It's tournament week. Brackets are out. People are trying to figure out who will advance. And the Texas men's and women's basketball teams have games coming up. We now know start times for both. We will get you all that information. We'll break it down, including what happened in Kansas City when the Texas Longhorns did that again to the Kansas Jayhawks. It's Chad and Zay on a Monday. I'm Chad Hastings, the man with a big smile on his face because of what Texas did to Kansas is Isaiah Collier. What's up, Zay? Kobe Bryant said one time, job's not finished. Job's not finished, Chad. We were happy on Saturday. Sunday was cool. Now, focusing on, as E. Hogan says, the toothpaste. The, the toothpaste? Colgate. Oh, okay. I was like, wait a minute. What's that analogy? <laughs> I, was, I was a little behind. Focus on the toothpaste. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there yeah. You- it caught me off guard yesterday, too, when E. Hogan was now. I was like, what are you talking about? Oh, yeah. The toothpaste school. E. Hogan is a little bit older than me. That's a good old kind of reference because I don't know how many people are rocking Colgate anymore. Nah. I don't know how many people are using that tooth. I'm a Crest man myself. Huh. Yeah. What about I'm you? H-E-B brand. <laughs> you're rocking generic toothpaste? Yeah. Hey, if you're going to go any direction there, H-E-B's the way to go. Yeah, it's H-E-B. Legend- Can't go wrong with that. Legendary generic stuff from H-E-B. Exactly. It's generic stuff that ain't generic. It's awesome generic stuff is what it is. Shout out to H-E-B on a Monday. Lots of stuff to get into bracket-wise, and uh, there's there's all kinds of uh, info to get to you today. We'll lay it all out for you where we're going to be this week, you know, game-watching parties and uh, tip times and all that good stuff. Uh, we will get all of that out. Uh, real quick shout out for you Longhorn fans. I'm assuming you would want me to give this guy a shout out. It's pretty damn good. And he can afford to pay for dinner. Scotty Scheffler wins the players by, I think in the end it was like four or five strokes. It ended up being fairly easy, uh, even though it got a little tight during the final round. Scheffler's back to the number one golfer in the world status, and he won $4.5 million just yesterday. Damn. One of the biggest purses they have ever produced in the PGA. So congrats to Scotty Scheffler on that. Uh, There are uh, other – also, congrats to the Longhorn baseball team. We won't talk a ton about them probably this week. But, Zay, you said you needed 10-4 and in the 14-game homestand. They are off to a 5-0 start. That's what I'm talking about. 5-0. Turning around, Coach Pierce. Turning around. 8-1, 10-4, 16-6. Nothing to see here. They're moving on. They're they're getting those bats, you know, 
woken up. They're getting those runs where they need them. Nine and seven now. Mike Hards from the afternoon show and baseball guy. Last week he said he wanted them over five hundred by the end of the week. He got what he wanted. Nine and seven, and now five and zero oh in the home stands. That's so, what I'm talking about. Congrats to Coach Pierce and his group. We will not forget about them this week, tomorrow, and Wednesday. They play North Dakota State. Boy, it must be nice for those guys to come to Austin, Texas, to play a little baseball. They'll do that the next couple nights. All right, so uh, let's jump right in here with uh, with Texas. Zay, we'll get to where they are in the bracket, but. Uh, I'll let you I'll let you gush about them a little bit against Kansas. It was just a carbon copy in a way to what they pulled off at the Moody Center, but I did not think they could do that in Kansas City. It, by the end of that game, by the 4-minute timeout, Kansas City was silent. That building was quiet because of what Texas was doing to them. 76-56 was the final score. What'd you think? Very impressed. Very impressed when They said Timmy Allen wasn't going to be able to play at the beginning of the Big 12 tournament that Thursday. I was a little worried because we know what Timmy Allen means to this ball club. He does everything really well just from his passing, second and assist. His defense is solid, and you know you could give him the ball at certain times, and he could go get you a bucket. So not having him, not having that veteran leadership, and now going to an eight-man rotation. You know how consistent I've been about this nine-man rotation, Chad. Now having to go eight-man, having to tell Arterio Morris, yo, bro, you're going to have to step up and play men, uh, these key minutes in the best conference in the nation where teams are out here desperate. TCU, they're a desperate team. They're trying to move up, or they were trying to move up in their seeding. Now they're a sixth seed. And then Oklahoma State, as you saw, being the first one out, they were fighting for their tournament lives. So mm-hmm. those two games, those were tough, and you got past those teams, and then you play against the Big 12 champs in Kansas, and then you handle them by 20. What a performance. And it starts with the most outstanding player of the Big 12 tournament, Dylan DeSue. How good was the Pflugerville Hendrickson alum? I mean, he's finally showing us what how excited we were when he was being coming in as that transfer from Vanderbilt, playing for Jerry Stackhouse, leading the SEC in rebounding. And you just knew, you know, I really close and good friends with his trainer, Zach Urbanis. I played basketball high school with him at Bowie. His younger brother uh, uh, was in my wedding, and Zach, he would tell me all the time last year, yo, Dylan could be the best player on this team when he gets right. And I was like, Zach, get the F out of here. You better get out of my face. I've seen Dylan DeSue. He'd be looking like a baby deer out there, all wobbly and stuff, just awkward, and he still has those moments. He had a little travel this weekend that was awkward, but hey, Zach had a point. He saw him every day working, getting better, getting that knee right. And man, that push floater shot, that's become his signature. We know Serge Barry Rice has a signature pump fake. That floater one-hand push shot, that's Dylan DeSue's signature shot. He was knocking it down from the free throw line, from the wing. It didn't matter. And when you're able to throw the ball in the post and get that scoring from your interior because there's so much focus on the three guards, Serge Ibari Rice, Marcus Carr, uh, Tyrese Hunter, there's so much focus on them, which there should be. Serge Ibari Rice, one of the best players in the country, best six man in the country, even though he was starting this whole weekend. And then Marcus Carr being first team all Big 12, averaging the 17 a game. Obviously, they're going to have eyes on them and we know Tyrese Hunter just the ball being in his hands as the point guard eyes are on him as well so when you're able to throw the ball in to Dylan DeSue and be confident in him one-on-one getting buckets man that just 
takes this team on a huge skyrocket. Like this team, you know, beforehand we were worried about the bigs. Now we can't say that as much. Now I'm worried about Timmy Allen getting inserted back into the lineup and where he fits. Mm-hmm. Because what we saw this weekend with this three-guard lineup and you have two bigs out there, whatever the bigs are, Dylan DeSue and Christian Bishop, Dylan DeSue and Dylan Mitchell, Christian Bishop and Brock Cunningham, etc. The floor was spaced out like crazy, and it allowed Dylan DeSue and Christian Bishop to work inside. Even Dylan Mitchell had a layup where he was at the bucket, and he was like, man, I'm basically by myself. I have a little man on me. This is different. Yeah, three different guys of the bigs were able to, at times, use the athleticism, put the ball on the floor, and just drive for easy buckets. Yeah. Yeah, and that's beautiful. And Coach Terry, this coaching staff, they, they were so impressive with their adjustments, man. They were showing us stuff that I haven't seen all season long. And it was really impressive from the stuff that they were running and they were throwing at Kansas. I mean, you're playing the team that you've already played two times. They basically know you by the ins and outs. So with no Timmy Allen, that obviously helped. And I'm not naive to Kansas not having Bill Self. I mean, he's a Hall of Fame coach. That's a big deal. Yeah. And look at that when you're filling out your bracket, guys. I know he's probably going to be back, but they also were without Texas Tech transfer Kevin McCuller, which I've told you and the people listening to us, Chad, how big he is for Mm -hmm. that Jayhawk team. Like, I got them maybe losing second round. I really have to look at that matchup again because Kansas – with no Kevin McCullough, he has back spasms right now. They got 9-8 Arkansas-Illinois. Either of those teams could beat that Kansas team we saw Texas play on Saturday. Hmm. Yes, Texas was good. Yes, Texas did what they needed to do offensively and defensively. And Coach Terry and this coaching staff was great. But that Kansas team with no Kevin McCullough and the ball's in Dewan Harris's hands a little bit too much where things can get very ugly for him. I mean, Dewan Harris... Oh boy, had four turnovers. Huge turnovers. Yeah, throwing te- the ball out of bounds, just looking uncomfortable. If I'm a Kansas fan, I'm nervous. Texas, I'm, yeah, Texas never let him get started at all. Yeah. I'm really nervous. And going back to the offense that we haven't seen, Chad, and we know Coach Donald Wall, he has offense responsibilities. He's been great this season. They were doing inverted pick and rolls. You only see that like in the league. You do not see that very often on, in the college game where it works. Hmm. Defi- where, define an inverted pick and roll for the uh, people. So let's, for example, you have Christian Bishop, like one of the first plays of the game, Dylan DeSue had the ball. Marcus Carr went and set an on-ball screen for him where Dylan DeSue had that nice dunk to start the game. He had a wide-open dunk, and Grady Dick and K.J. Adams, Grady Dick was guarding Marcus Carr, and Marcus Carr, you're not used to guards setting the on-ball screen for your oh, big man. Okay, you're saying so inverted in that the smaller guy is setting it for the big Correct. guy. Correct. Smaller guy setting okay. it for the big guy. Yeah. So that's different. For a big man like K.J. Adams, you're not used to being the guy going for pick and rolls. He's so not used to chasing you're that. You're not used to chasing that. Okay. So that led to a wide-open dunk. And then there was a play where Christian Bishop in the second half, he had the ball. Marcus Carr set a screen, and it was an inverted pick and pop. And Christian Bishop went to the hole, got double, turned around, threw it to Marcus Carr for a huge three. We haven't seen stuff like that. And, you know, if I'm Timmy Allen and I'm watching these last three games, he might have to have a Roshan Johnson moment, meaning he might have to go to this coaching staff and say, hey, guys, I get I I have the competitor nature in me. 
I get it. I'm I'm a dog. I'm tough. But what I saw this weekend coming off the bench, just on the bench, watching my brothers play, which Timmy Allen was such a great teammate. He was so into the game. He was. You know, he was locked in, just a perfect teammate. I loved the way he was and how he carried himself this weekend because a lot of guys sulk. A lot of guys, when they don't, when they're not playing, they're so down that they're not playing. It's hard for them to get hype for their other guys. But if I'm Timmy Allen, I might let the coaching staff know, "Hey, Coach Terry, I don't mind coming off the bench." We know Serge Ibari Rice. Those first two games against Oklahoma State and TCU, it took him a little bit to get used to the flow of starting, and then against Kansas. He figured it out. Yeah, so you'd be okay with that if they change that lineup and stay where they are? Yes, okay. because that opens up so many things for the bigs that you didn't have at times when Timmy Allen was in the line. I'm not saying that they're better without Timmy Allen. That's not what I'm saying. If the Horns want to get to where they need to go, they're going to need Timmy Allen for sure. But I am saying there are times where it could get congested. With him and Dylan Mitchell and at the same time, Timmy Allen, I mean – it could get really congested because those guys that are playing them, who's guarding them, they could help off a lot easier because you're not worried about Dylan Mitchell or Timmy Allen shooting threes. With Brock Cunningham shooting over 40% from three, you can't help on him. When you have that three-guard lineup, including Brock Cunningham and Dylan DeSue, when the ball goes to Dylan DeSue, you can't help on anybody. When Timmy Allen's in the game, you can take his man and kind of cheat over there and bring that double, and then the defense is going to get caught in some type of rotation depending on the ball movement. But that, that's the beauty with this Texas team. They have so many different lineups that you could play based on the game, based on the situation that you need this time of the year because each game is going to be different. There's going to be games where you need Dylan DeSue and Christian Bishop to step up because they're bigs, and the Horns have done a really good job these last three games, well, these last four games, if you include uh, Kansas at the mood a couple of a week ago or so, dominating the boards and not getting dominated on the boards. They might barely win, but they're still winning the rebounding battle where those last three losses that we saw, Texas Tech, TCU and Fort Worth, uh, Baylor and Waco, they got killed on the boards. So by this coaching staff mixing and matching different lineups and having that two-man game with Dylan DeSue and Marcus Carr against Kansas, that was a thing of beauty. But, yeah, you could play small sometimes with Timmy Allen at the four. You know, maybe you're playing a more guard-centric team and then have Brock Cunningham at the five. They're just different lineups that Coach Terry and these guys can play with, and it's hard to scout. That's hard to prepare for if you're somebody like Colgate or in the second round, Penn State or A&M. So uh, Longhorns out-rebound Kansas in Kansas City. Points in the paint was 38-28. I like that. And in the TCU game, they were up over 40 in the paint, which is something that they haven't really done uh, a whole lot of. We got text already rolling in. If you want to get in on the Specs text line, 337-3776. It says, good morning, Chad and Zay. DeSue has more freedom in the lane without Timmy Allen out there. He's more emphatic than Allen. DeSue finally looks like a star. Just got to stay out of Foul trouble. Uh, yeah, it's been. In- it was interesting how this was forced on Texas to discover it because earlier in the season, I asked the question of Does Jabari Rice need to be a starter? And you thought I was trying to make trouble, and so did other Longhorn <laughs> yeah. fans. But it, but it was also about I think the logic was going to be guard for guard in that situation. This was a forced small for big situation and like you said it's now opened up other things the coaches went along with it the coaches not you say made the best out of it to beat 
Kansas by 20 in Kansas City. It's not something they thought it was going to be, but that's what it that that's ultimately what it produces. So we'll take a look uh, uh, you know at them on Thursday evening. We'll get you set up for that start time here in a second. But Thursday evening now against Colgate, are we going to see Jabari Rice in the starting lineup and Timmy Allen willing to come off the bench? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. That's that's going to be the tricky thing that this coaching staff's going to have to deal with all week long because Demi Allen started every game this year mm-hmm. and except the ones that he was hurt in and you won with him and you won without him. So he hasn't played great <laughs> as of late. Even that Kansas game where they won, where he played at the mood, he only had six points. So yeah, yeah but, but there's a lot of things that Timmy Allen does that doesn't show up in the stat sheet. Like he's the best charge taker on the team. I lead the team in charges by a long shot. Like that's not even close. Timmy Allen leads the league in charges. So him coming off the bench, that's not necessarily a bad thing because he could bring a spark with his type of play and this type of energy. Is just man, that floor was spaced like crazy. Like Marcus Carr getting shots and then. They went to like a old Princeton-style offense at times where the ball would go to the high post and Brock Cunningham, Christian Bishop, Dylan DeSue, all those guys being such good passers. Serge Barry Rice had about three backdoor cut layups against Kansas that were huge mm-hmm. that just led to the spacing. And once you start making those layups inside – even though coach is telling you, yo, be careful on the help because we got shooters out there. Once you see a guy getting killed down low, your eyes start looking down low and you start kind of creeping mm-hmm. to help. That's just instinct. And then you lose track of your man where Serge Brian Rice and Marcus Carr, those guys were cutting back door and getting those layups. So, again, there's so many different lineups and different types of styles that this team could play, which makes it exciting. And we saw that this weekend. All right, so if you have not heard officially, the Longhorns are slated for a 625 tip against Colgate. 625, they're going to Des Moines, Iowa as the number two seed in the Midwest region. We'll get into the seedings and how certain teams got seeded, what happened to Kansas, and yes, that Longhorn possible second-round matchup that the committee put together. But it's 625, so we'll go network pregame at 6. We're going to do our extended 30-minute pregame at 5.30, and if you're looking for a place on Thursday, we figured since it's the two crazy days of the tournament, we'd go to one of our favorite crazy places, and that is Twin Peaks. Twin, yes, Pe- Twin Peaks Round Rock on Thursday. That's where you can go check out the Longhorn game with the fellas. Uh, Ball Don't Lie is going to be out there starting at 3, extended pregame at 5.30. And I'm just going to tell everybody right now, I'm probably going to be hanging at Twin Peaks Round Rock on Thursday. Now, by the time A&M tips off, everybody I work with will probably have gone home, and it'll just be me. But if, <laughs> but, but if, but if you're one of my Longhorn, uh, if you're one of my Aggie brothers or sisters, or one of my Longhorn friends, can't we all just get along? If you want to just sit around, we'll watch the game together set on Thursday night. Hell How about no, that? hell no. You're gonna be out of there. I'm gone. You're gonna be nowhere I near. Am gone when the Aggies tip off. All right, we'll get to all that, uh, including the matchup that may be in the second round, plus North Carolina. China had a choice, and they said no, uh, and we'll get into whether or not Oklahoma State should have been in, and should Kansas have been seated higher. All that is coming up. It is Monday. The brackets are out there. By the way, we've got a bracket contest as well. I'll tell you about that next on The Horn. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? 
Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Now everybody, Chad and Zay. Have you heard? If you're in the game, then it strokes the word. Not a bad song title for this time of year. A lot of teams trying to find that stroke to get them to the next round of the tournament. Survive in advance. Do it twice. Extra practice. Try to do it twice again. Extra practice. Try to do it twice again. And they'll let you cut the nets down. Chad and Zay with you on a Monday. And it's Billy Squire, kids. Oh, Billy was a big deal back in the 80s. The stroke. Um, what was that other one? Uh, I can't think of it with this plan. It's great stuff. I like Billy. I was a Billy Squire guy. Get raised on any Billy Squire? Was that in the house at all? No. 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 This is the jam, though. The big high note there. Yeah, Yeah, you better have the stroke this time of the year if you're in the tournament. Got to have it. You got to have it. Billy Squire getting us started. Uh, Our man CB was asking uh, if you can win the TV if you're out of state. I'm assuming that's how that works. If you go to hornfm.com, we once again have the bracket contest. You go in, you're picking a bracket. Even I've picked this bracket the last few years. For years, I never filled out the paper because it was just too much of a hassle for me. But I like the electronic version. Old man likes the electronics in this case. And you go fill it out, and the the winner, ultimate winner is going to get a free TV from Audiovisual Consultation. So, yes, CB, I'm assuming if you're out of state, we'll figure out a way to get you that TV. I'm assuming that's how that works. Uh, so get on uh, hornfm.com. Check out the bracket challenge. Also at hornfm.com, go check out the ticket giveaway. Zay and uh, Bucky tell you about Syntex tickets all the time. Well, Shelby and that crew at Syntex tickets, they're sending two lucky winners to the final fours in Dallas and in Houston. So you can go register separately. You can register for the women's tickets. You can register for the men's tickets. Here's the catch. Listen carefully. Each household can win once. The same household can't win both. Y'all got that? Good. Hornfm.com. If you can't figure your way around that one, you don't deserve it. Yeah, don't be a sleazeball out there, please. No, no, no need to be a sleazeball. I just want to make sure everybody understands that. One, the same household cannot win twice in a 30-day period. That's the rule. There you go. Now do your work around. You know what I'm talking about. All right, so a lot of tournament talk today as the brackets are out. I got both brackets right here, men's bracket, women's bracket, whatever you need. For you Texas women's fans, they did get to the championship game in uh, Kansas City, came up short against Iowa State. Iowa State's a damn good team. Uh, no, no real insult there, uh, although the Longhorns were the number one seed. They get the regular season, so the Texas teams end up kind of going, you know, mirror image. One gets regular season, one gets the tournament title. Texas women take on East Carolina on Saturday night, and we now know it is a 9 o'clock start. And remember, this is the first two rounds at the Moody Center. 
So you get two more chances, hopefully, uh, assuming they advance in that first game. You may get two more chances to give the women's team your love out at the Moody Center. So 9 o'clock, the scheduled tip time on Saturday. We found that one out literally an hour ago. So all that stuff piled on this week. And the other big story, before we get to more tournament stuff, let's just get it out there. It's apparently official today. Chris Beard is going to coach Ole Miss. Zay, the only thing in the way of this story was Ole Miss being in the SEC tournament as soon as they were out. Chris Beard and his family uh, headed – Chris Beard and the kids, right? He's got a couple kids. Yes, a couple they, daughters. They head to Oxford. You saw. You showed me pictures today. Mm-hmm. Oh. Just the daughters, him, and I guess the AD on the left. I'm uh-huh. assuming. So but apparently he has. She's not there. He has separated himself that's from right. the woman. Uh, Clean was, shaven, Chris Beard. That's now. right. And the beard is gone. The beard I, is gone for I, Beard. Ironically. So the beard is gone from Texas and from his face, and now he's in Oxford, he Mississippi. Looks he looks slim. He does. The last part of his statement was, I know we have one of the best venues in the country in the SJB Pavilion, and we're going to work tirelessly to build a championship-caliber program. I can't wait to connect with our players and recruits and begin this journey together. Hotty toddy. Oh, End my quote. gosh, man. That, I'm, look, I'm not, do- I'm, not dog- <laughs> I'm not dogging Ole Miss here at all. Ole Miss girl, if you're out there, I'm not dogging out your school. That just had to taste sour as he saw it typed out. Knowing that deep down, he is a Texas guy. He was at his perfect place. He was in his perfect situation, and it got destroyed. And he helped destroy it, by the way. But it all got taken away. And now he's got to fix his mouth to say somebody else's call sign. In this case, Hotty Toddy. Yeah, yeah. Whoop. Who knows who he's gonna put on his coaching staff? We'll see what happens, but. Ole Miss, I don't care how good of a coach you are, it's a little different than Lubbock. As you know, the facilities might be good because it's the SEC and all, but getting brothers down to Oxford might be a little tough. This with history. What do you think about? You think facilities are better than Lubbock? No, 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 no. I think they're good. Okay, but you think Lubbock's probably better? Right oh now. yeah, they're Lubbock's yeah. basketball facilities are crazy. No, they are good. Like yeah, yeah. they're they're crazy. So you know, we'll see. But he'll be going transfer portal. We know he loves that. He'll be going the JUCO route. We know he knows JUCO basketball, junior colleges and stuff. Because you gone, it's Ole Miss basketball. Right. Oh, no doubt. All right. So that's Chris Beard. So in a few years, and I, I, I predicted this would happen a couple weeks ago. I just had this weird feeling of Chris Beard's going to end up in the SEC and Texas will play Chris Beard at some point when they're in the SEC. The question, I guess, will be whose hand does he shake? After the game, quick check-ins, eh, as a Longhorn fan. Big 12 tournament title. You want to talk about Rodney Terry and the situation yet, or you want to wait? Oh, I'd hire him like three weeks ago. Okay. You're, yeah. you're in But fa- y'all know, I'm, that's family. I'm a little biased. I guess that's true. But if I wasn't biased, I'd still hire him You'd still say two make, weeks ago instead of three. Just make him the guy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we'll see what the, the Longhorns decide to do there. Obviously, Rodney Terry uh, and the coach is doing a great job um, throughout, the, uh, throughout the Big 12 tournament. Somebody texted us, this lifetime Longhorns saw what looked like Texas running offensive plays, and it just seemed like RT and the staff had a game plan that kept KU off balance. Even some easy inbounds passes for easy shots. Hook 'em basketball emoji. Yo, R Dub. I remember complaining last year about this Chris Beard team. Like, why the hell aren't you playing Christian Bishop and Dylan Dessou at the same time? He would never do that. 
he would have to have one of them as the five, and Timmy Allen played power forward, the four, the whole entire season, Mm -hmm. and they ended up as a seventh seed. This season, Chris Beard was doing a lot of that. Then he got the boot, and Coach Terry came in and said, you know what? We're not that big. Maybe we should get a little bit bigger. Let's play these guys at the same time and see what happens. Mm -hmm. And it looks good. Yeah, it does. It worked out. And, you know, just being able to – like, against Kansas, those weren't plays. They were just going to what works. Like, when Marcus Carr and Dylan DeSue just went to a two-man game in the last 10 minutes of the second half when they just went pick and roll on the far left side and Arterio Morris and Serge Jabari Rice, one was in the corner, one was on the wing, and Brock Cunningham was sliding along that baseline. That's just NBA stuff going to what works. Mm-hmm. Until y'all stop it, we're going to keep doing it. Yeah. You know, it wasn't that motion stuff, and I, I love it. I love it. Texas took Kansas out. Uh, now, they also took Kansas out of the seeding everybody thought they were going to have. So it's Houston that gets the Midwest number one seed, which ends in Kansas City uh, for the regional finals. That's what a lot of people thought Kansas was going to get. Houston got that one seed, and then the talk was about the seven seed in the Longhorns region. Zay, did you happen to be looking at a TV screen at as that popped up because yep. everybody and their dog that saw A&M as a seven seed, they knew what was coming. You had to know what was coming. We talked about this, the possibility of it. I started looking at it weeks ago, and there was a moment where a 2-7 Texas and Texas A&M matchup would have made sense. Now, those that follow the brackets would tell you A&M had probably played themselves into a higher seed. I saw them projected as high as four yesterday. Maybe a five. What Duke ended up as? Five. Right in that five line, somewhere in there. But once you saw them pop up, you realize, oh, here we go. So for all of you that are fans of Texas or Texas A&M, you both got screwed. Yeah. In the end. Now, Texas probably got screwed a little less because you're the two seed in this but A&M is going to be – that's a tough seven seed if they advance. Obviously, Texas is – you know, obviously facing any two seed for A&M is probably not what needed to be lined up. But here's the message I give to everybody. Everybody on both sides of the house divided. We're just not basketball people. We're not. We're not basketball schools. I mean, did y'all pay attention to the reaction last night? They didn't ask the tournament committee guy on CBS why they did it. Did y'all hear that part? Now, Seth, what's his name? Seth Davis, is that his name? He griped, but when they got the guy on from the committee, the head of the committee, they didn't ask him. They didn't ask him. That tells you everything you need to know because ultimately Texas getting screwed by the bracket does not matter to the committee and neither does whatever happens to A&M. They just doesn't matter because we're not basketball schools and we both kind of got screwed on the deal and it is what it is. So I would say... In the first round, the first two rounds this week one coming up, Texas got screwed. For, but for the region, I think Texas has a really good region. I, I, re, I really do. You're saying if they get by that second if game. If they get by them, um, I think Texas is in a good place. I mean, 
the play-in game. We'll see what happens there with Mississippi State and Pitt. Mm-hmm. But I think Iowa State's going to win that just because Iowa State had the tough gauntlet of the Big 12 they had to deal with. So I think they're battle-tested, and we know what Iowa State can do when they're playing well. Xavier, I saw them get the brakes beat off them by Marquette, but Marquette's really good. But after that, Houston, we don't know what they're going to be like with no Marcus Sasser. They said he might come back, but he's dealing with a groin injury. Yeah, I was going to say, do we know uh, if groin? he's out, out? or Do we know how you have to get low in the defensive stance to try to stop somebody? Mm. What you feel when you slide from left to right and you have to stop dead when somebody makes a crossover and go the opposite way? I was that little... groin might tighten up real quick. Are you Were you surprised they got the overall, the second overall number one seed considering his injury? Yes. Because I figured Kansas was going to get that. Yes, uh, Kansas definitely should have got that. It makes no sense why they didn't. Yeah. I mean, the committee, they're so biased. They're so biased on so many things. Like you just talked about it with Texas and Texas A&M. That makes no sense. I mean, Texas A&M won 17 of their last 20 games. They have one of the toughest schedules in the nation. Um, top or 39 strip of schedule. They beat four. They went four and one against top twenty-five teams. Like they got hosed, yeah. but it is what it is. And then Kansas, most quad one wins out of anybody. Where U of H might have six at best, while Kansas has double that. Right, like, AAC ain't nothing. AAC is trash, and they didn't even win their conference tournament. Who cares? Marcus Sasser didn't play. They didn't win it, and they have played a weak ass schedule. Yet Kansas gets penalized. That doesn't make any sense. To be honest, Texas should be that number one seed in front of Houston, but that's fine. It's cool. Don't We don't want that number one seed pressure. We don't need that. We'll be the number two. We'll right. use that as bulletin board material. And, yeah, I, I'll take that. But at the end of the day, I think Texas has a fairly good region compared to everybody else. Like Kansas, that region's nuts. That region is nuts in the West. Because like UCLA I, ended up as a two. Yeah. Oof. And they – Watch out! Watch it out in the second round with them, because Northwestern and Boise State—they don't have Jaden Clark. He was Pac-12 was player, say, yeah, uh, yeah. defensive player of the year. Right, he's huge for them, and they yep. did play Arizona well. If Courtney Ramey didn't hit that big shot to win the game, which, of course, Courtney Ramey hits these big shots where he's at Kansas. I mean, when he's at Arizona, whatever. I knew that was going to happen. Once he shot that shot, I knew that was going in. I was like, oh, this is Courtney Ramey just because it's him. He might be 0 for whatever, but his only three of the game came in clutch time. So we'll see what Arizona does. But, yeah, Zona, I mean, UCLA in that West region, Gonzaga, number three, TCU, number six, Arkansas, Illinois, eight, nine. I mean, UConn, number four. Some people got UConn to win the whole thing. I saw yesterday on ESPN. I think Billis has them going to the final four or something. Billis has Duke and UConn in the final. I mean, is Calhoun and Coach K still here? What the hell? Wow. He's really impressed with what Duke, <laughs> with Duke's what they're doing, with how Duke's playing right now. We have a texter that said A&M's not going to beat Penn State anyway. Did you watch Bama beat the crap out of them? A&M sucks, according to one I of mean, our Bama's pretty texters. Good. Bama's really good. Bama, we, we, we talked about this during a break, Bama is using that situation from earlier in the season to their advantage. They are using what everybody's saying about them to fire that team up. They have really come together and they put it on the Aggies yesterday. For Bama to end up as the overall number one seed, I think surprised a lot of people. But by the time we got there, 
And what else, the other things that happened, like the Houston loss, it made sense. Yeah, think about all the bulletin board material NATO's has. There's the Brandon Miller situation for the whole team, plus Brandon Miller, yep. plus Nate Oates, what they're saying about him. People are thinking that he's a disgrace for coaching this team, and he should have suspended Brandon Miller himself. They have the Nick Saban factor. If I'm Nate Oates, I'm saying, oh, y'all, y'all don't even get love on the campus. How many yeah. times do y'all walk around and people ask, you play football? Yeah, and You, you know can, how disrespectful that is? You can always play that one at you Bama. You can always yeah. play that one at Bama. That's do right. you play football? And I'm like, no, we're the number one team in the nation. You just asked if I play football? Get out of my face. Get to this arena. Come Get to on. the arena. Watch us ticket. blow out a and <laughs> Buy a ticket. Blow out anybody in the country. Yeah. Brandon Miller and Jamal Queerly. I love Jamal Queerly. I've been watching him since he was in high school, and he was a big-time viral high school guy on Ball is Life and all these you know, mixtapes that you see uh, online and stuff. And he committed to Villanova, played for Jay Wright early in his career, and then transferred. To yeah. Alabama. And people were like, why Why would you leave Villanova? They win all these championships. You would fit into that system. But he was like, yo, Jay Wright, holding me back. And but yep. Okay. Now Nate Oates, he ain't holding him back at mm. all. And clearly the 22 he hit last night or whatever 20 he had, he was giving them buckets. Yep. They look really good right now. And here's the path, by the way, if you haven't seen it for Bama. Birmingham, Louisville, Houston. That's what they would do. <laughs> Birmingham, Louisville, Houston. Wow. You think Bama fans will show up in those three places? I know they'll show up in the first two. Good yeah. grief. That no. is crazy. Don't sleep on Huggy in them, though, in that second-round game. No, you're right. You're Don't right. sleep on Huggy in them in that second-round game because Huggy Bear – he in the Hall of Fame. He could coach. I know West Virginia, yeah. the horns blew him out by 30 this season, but hey. Eric Stevenson, Key Johnson, they still got some guys. By the way, real quick before this break, in that 8-9 Maryland-West Virginia game, you know I'm a pro wrestling guy. Is it cool if I throw some trash cans and baseball bats out on the floor <laughs> right before they start? That's going to be a bloodthirsty basketball game. It may end 38-37, but it might be fun to watch if you like physical basketball. Yeah. Please let them play, officials. Please let them play in yeah, the Mar- Maryland-West Virginia game. I don't see a Big 12 matchup that I'm not taking first round. You like everybody to advance? I, all Big 12 teams, all seven. I, I just can't see it. We'll be talking about those matchups as the week goes on. Up next, we'll talk a little bit about the play-in games, plus a huge number from the weekend that maybe only I noticed, but we got to give them some love for it. That is next on The Horn. Chad and Zay. Oh, there you go. Texas back in the tournament. 63 other teams will end up there. There's other teams trying to get in in Dayton. We'll get into that. Now, this is some Aerosmith right here. You can you can make your you can have your little jokes about certain parts of Aerosmith's time. Not this time. This is Aerosmith. You want some Aerosmith? You go back to this time. Go back to some back in the saddle. Draw the line. Toys in the attic. That's the Aerosmith you go to. Zay, Aerosmith? Yes? Yeah. No? Yeah. yeah. Now I don't understand when you be talking about different eras and phases of Aerosmith. Yeah, it's just okay. one band. That's a little deep level. That's deep. Aerosmith is the band. I get that. Right. Just, yeah. Yeah, but you always talk about different eras of Aerosmith. Which I, this was the good era. 
See, well, was there a bad era? No, to me, they didn't go bad until just push play. It was all the way through that. I was with them through pump and and uh, what's it called? The living on the edge and crying and crazy, amazing, whatever that album is called. I can't think of what that album's called. Um, but that I was with them all the way through. I saw him a couple years ago. Steven's still a beast as a front man. Steven's still going hard. Love Aerosmith, man. That's my. Probably my second favorite American rock band after Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. It's one of those two for me. They kind of switch places all the time. I love them both. Love them both. Uh, Aerosmith and Billy Squire getting us started today. Now, Fantastic. Steven Tyler considered a sex symbol? Because you always say Tom Petty ain't. Tom Petty's definitely not a sex symbol. Tom Petty definitely is a sex symbol. Aerosmith. <laughs> he, 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 Aeros- yes, Steven Tyler, I think the ladies would tell you, he's that, he's that guy. Yeah, he's that kind of front man. Got the androgyny going on, not afraid. To, I mean, he's got scarves all over the place. Got the big mouth and the lips and the hair. and the Yeah, he's a big, big showman. The big mouth? Yeah, you've seen Steven Tyler, right? Yeah, well, yeah, wide mouth, but yeah, yeah. that's what women look at? I'm just saying that's just all part of the look, you know? Okay. It's noticeable. When you're on a stage, and if I'm sitting at the back of the hall, I can still see I'm it. just trying to compare the two. Tom Petty, Steven Tyler. I don't get how one's a sex symbol and one's not. Yeah, I, I, that's my guess. Y'all can tell Coming me if I'm wrong. Coming from your ass. You can tell me. Hey, ladies, tell me if I'm wrong. There are some ladies that are into Tom Petty. Yeah, a lot. Look, I'm glad there are women that are into different kinds of guys. Otherwise, I never would have found a wife. <laughs> Because I think I look, because I think I look more like Tom Petty than I look like Steven Tyler. But that's a whole other discussion. All right, uh, we got Joe Cook of Inside Texas coming up at 105. Longhorn baseball staying. Uh, really wishing they could just stay at home because they're five and zero already on this home stand. We'll talk to him about Texas basketball and the uh, the path to Houston that's been laid before them. And is he looking forward? to a house-divided matchup for a trip to the Sweet 16, if that's what we get. We'll get into all of that. Right now, let's go Crap Bag, and we'll talk about the play-in games. Chad's Crap Bag. Crap Bag. If you need an easy way to remember it, just think of a bag of crap. Brought to you by AV Consultations. Go to two, uh, go to your phone and call 255-8678 or go to avconsultations.com. Calm. All right. Um, first off, the play-in games, they've almost got this right. I hate that they exist, but if you're going to do it this way, at least they stop calling them actual tournament games. At least they call it They try what they call it the first four now. But obviously they're not tournament games. The very first tournament game, you can't have the same seed as the team you're playing. That, by the way, that negates it right away. Plus, every game's in Dayton. <laughs> that, that's not a tournament game. But what I want, Zay, is for them to alter this a little bit more. I don't think you should have to play in Dayton if you won your conference tournament. That's an automatic bid. Let them be in. Let them be in and play on a Thursday or a Friday. What we need, I think, are two more games like Pitt and Mississippi State and Arizona State and Nevada. Where's Oklahoma State's? Game here. God, they got screwed. They need to be in Dayton. If you're really going to kick them out of the, the main bracket, okay, let them go to Dayton. And then whoever the other teams would be. I, I don't have it all in front of me right now. Take those first four teams out and stick them in two games if you want. I know you'd have to rearrange some things and a couple teams would get kicked out. Whatever. But figure it out to where we get four games in Dayton like that. That we all know, okay, you're playing to get in this tournament. I just feel bad for an A&M Corpus Christi. They won their conference tournament. Why are you making them play again that quickly to now get in? Let it, just, just put them in the bracket. 
please. I, I don't understand why. I don't understand why they don't do it that way. Yeah, I agree. If you win your conference tournament, then you deserve to straight up be in the tournament. Going back to Oklahoma State, they played 18 quad one games. They might have went 6-12 and 12 in those 18 quad one games, but still, you know, all the injuries that Mike Boynton dealt with this season from Avery Anderson breaking his wrist and Cissé, their best defender, he wasn't healthy basically all season long. Like mm-hmm. Texas playing them three times, they only saw Cissé once, and that was in the tournament. So I I think they should have been a little bit the committee should have been a little bit more lenient there, but I don't know maybe they're penalizing them even more so for doing that cheating stuff, which was the reason why they weren't maybe. allowed in the tournament last yeah. year. Who you knows? Might, you might be right, but I'd like a little bit more of that vibe uh, to the uh, to the play in games if we could do it. But that comes up this week, uh, and they will do those in Dayton once again. So uh, we'll see how those games play out. Oklahoma State, the first team out uh, that did not get into the the bracket. And if you care, Joe Lenardi got 67 out of 68 right. Damn, Joe. Who'd he miss? That one. He missed that one. I think he missed. No, 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 no. It wasn't that. Oh, sorry. Did Nevada get in or get? Nevada got in. So he's had Rutgers instead of Nevada. That's the only one he got wrong. Wow. (laughs) That's all he missed. Unbelievable. Unreal. All right. uh, So we've got, uh, apparently we've got some NFL updates coming up as well. Yep. Trade deadline, free agency stuff coming up. We will get into that. Also, real quick on the football front, let me just give love to St. Louis. 38,300 plus for the XFL game yesterday. Good grief. Biggest crowd that's ever showed up for a spring football game, and I think that includes the first USFL, which says a lot, if that's true. 38,300 plus. Uh, St. Louis won the game, and I think that makes them, I guess they're 4-0 now. Along with D.C., both those teams, I think, kept winning and stay undefeated. So congrats to that crowd. I don't know if it survives. I don't know if it gets to the end of the season or not, but 38,000 is pretty impressive. All right, speaking of football, apparently there is some Jimmy Garoppolo news out there. We will get that to you. Also, our man Joe Cook of Inside Texas is coming up. We'll talk a little Longhorn football, but we'll also focus on the basketball team and the path that's now been set before that team for Houston. And what about this baseball? team 5-0 and in the homestand have we really learned anything considering the opponents we'll talk about it next on the horn